Welcome to the Over Beers Podcast. I'm Freddie Clark. Craft beer is popular. However, to many, it can still be a mysterious product that people misunderstand. Lots will say, I don't like craft beer. After trying maybe only one or two that don't agree with their palate. People have many different tastes, many different likes and dislikes. And like any other food, there are many different types of beer with a variety of different tastes. Some may find the sheer number of beer styles and breweries overwhelming and just not know where to start. The goal of this podcast, Over Beers, is to remove some of the mystery behind the term craft beer, bring you conversations with professionals in the world of beer, help explain some of the terms in beer, and more importantly, introduce you to different styles of beer so you can experience the world of flavors that exist in craft beer. Come on along. This week, we're going to start off by talking about something that's almost synonymous with craft beers, IPAs, or India Pale Ales. They were started as beers that were shipped from England to India in the early 1700s for those living there as part of the British East India Company. Pale ales had become common in England after coke smelting made it possible to control the temperature of malting barley to produce a pale malt. You see, at the time, anything lighter in color than the standard porters of the day, they were called pale ales. Through trial and error, brewers learned that high alcohol and large amount of hops would help preserve beer over long periods of time. In England, it was not uncommon for stock ales or October ales to be matured in cellars for months. For this reason, these beers were chosen to survive the long sea voyage from England to India. In many cases, it was found that the long, arduous journey was good for the beer, and it arrived fully ripened and ready to drink. It was refreshing, light, and tasted better than anything else when served chilled in the India heat. Beers like this traveled the seas for over 50 years before the term India Pale Ale was even coined. The people in India grew a taste for the brew, and when they would return home to England, made it popular there too. At points, even doctors prescribed it for stomach complaints and general well-being. I need to dig up one of those doctors for myself. However, by the end of the 1800s, lagers became more commonplace and some felt more refreshing than IPAs. Also, a temperance movement began in England and caused many to switch to non or lower alcoholic beverages. While never disappearing, IPAs began to decline in popularity. Let's say they became a pale comparison of their former selves. Pardon the pun. In the 1970s, American hops were discovered to have a more intense flavor and aroma than their European cousins. IPAs became the perfect showcase for their flavors, and American homebrewers got a hold of old recipes, put a new twist on them, and they became fresh and bold, and they started to spread across the country, becoming the staple we now know in the craft market. This week, I talked with Mike Kivowitz, founder of New Jersey Craft Beer. It's an organization that helps people find breweries and brew pubs in the Garden State. We met up at the taproom of Cypress Brewing in Edison, poured a couple of their essential mosaic IPAs, and had a conversation over beers. Beer got me into beer. I mean, I back in high school, I would, you know, steal my grandfather's beers and whoever else had stuff and kind of started drinking here and there. Okay. And then it turned into going to college. And, of course, you know how that goes. And, yep. you know, I had a friend that I met literally the first day of college, freshman year. And he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, what do you like? Star Wars, this, that, music, whatever, movies. Then it was like, oh, my dad's a home brewer. And kind of it turned into his dad giving us home brews and finding out about beer. So we all got fake IDs and uh, 
started going out and buying better beers and crappy beers and starting <laughs> with crap with better beer and working our way to the crappy beer later in the night. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it kind of turned into that and then, you know, got a job after college and had more money to spend more money on beer and, uh, could you buy know. the good stuff finally. Yeah, you could buy the good and there's more good stuff. Right. So yeah. what what we it's funny you said stealing stuff from your grandfather because I did like the exact same thing. What were you steal what was what were you stealing from your grandfather? I mean he had Blackberry brandy and he had Sam Loggers. He had Sam Adams oh, okay. Lager. So All right. you know right. He, that's, that's for whatever better. reason he had that and so the Blackberry brandy not so much. Right. The, the lagers the they Sam were good, Lager. You know? right. Yeah, that's a little bit better than I started. My my uh, grandfather used to have Strohs. Yeah. <laughs> and then my when I went to college, it was uh, I was up uh, my first year was upstate New York, and it was by the Genesee factory. Yep. So what we could get for we could bring back a case of empties, and I think it was five bucks, and get another case. So it was it was best great. deal ever. Yep, best deal ever. And then yeah, same thing. You know, drinking junk and then getting into it. Your friend's father's homebrew. I, what was I mean? What was he making for you? Uh, he made like horrible horrible ipas they okay. were they were nothing like what ipas are now mm-hmm. they were like just malty english style okay and they were usually pretty bad and infected and okay. not, not good at all not good at all okay. um so that turned into him not making homebrews and more so us going out and figuring out what else we liked okay but nice. uh it, that's you know the start of it you know okay now did you grow up here in jersey yeah so i grew up in in North Jersey, went to college in in uh, North Jersey, even further north at Ramapo. Okay. And uh, you know, met a bunch of people from all over the state and all over you know the country, really. And uh, you know, it turned into just never really left New Jersey. I just lived in probably like fifteen or twenty different houses throughout my uh, thirty-seven years in this earth. Okay. But uh, you know, moved all over. Lived in like four or five counties, and and just kind of traveled a bunch okay. around but I love New Jersey and I really never want to leave what stands out to you back then I mean really there was not much it was you had some big players you had like Sierra Nevada um, and like Torpedo and, and Pale mm-hmm. you had Sam and a bunch of their like one-off things that they turned into these different seasonal stuff mm-hmm. I distinctly remember my one friend was in love with that Sam Adams like Christmas thing they made that I can't remember the name or the style but it was a Christmas seasonal and it was like it was like drinking pine cone Christmas tree raspberry something and I was like (laughs) not my thing but you know it was not hard to find things but then right by college there was a microbrewery at that time or actually it was a brew pub and microbrewery that was that's what they called it it was a I mean it was a it was not that good it was not that wonderful but they had their own beers mm-hmm. they made them there it turned into them not making their own beers calling themselves a brew pub afterwards and having other people make their beers because okay. they kind of couldn't afford it or whatever no one was drinking because no one understood it right and right. it was you know uh it was i don't know 15 years ago people didn't really get all that you know at that point yeah and they were like doing their thing turns out they sold all their equipment, went out of business, whatever, and Six Points bought up all their stuff years ago. Okay. I remember that distinctly because I met Six Point guys at some event uh, up north about 15-ish years ago when they were first getting started. It was cool stuff, but, you know, the beers that were available were kind of 
I don't know what the appropriate term is, but a lot of them are just the stuff you kind of see sitting on the shelf right now. Mm-hmm. So the stuff you see sitting there that is, don't get me wrong, it's good beer. It's quality product. It's well done. It's the same tried and true uh, recipes, but it kind of is a entry-level beers, so to speak. So like you would see things like Dogfish 60 Minute or right. India Brown Ale or Stone IPA or, you know, uh, Lagunitas Pale. The and Gateways. Like, the Gateway yeah. Drug Beers, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, those beer, there's nothing wrong with them at all. Like you would see those and that's what we started drinking. And then we discovered La Fin du Monde one day and from Unibrew, which is a, a Belgian-style brewery from um, uh, Canada. And that beer was like, whoa. Changed Game everything changer. for you, yeah. I mean, clocking at 10-ish percent alcohol and tasted like you're drinking a 3% and beautiful and flavor, uh, sugary and, and pretty, like smells like kind of fruity and uh, um, citrusy, but more like a sugary, sticky, uh, I don't even know, like a floral bouquet of like citrus flowers in a 10% alcohol beer. You're sitting there like, whoa. Right. You'd have one of those to your friends and you're like, okay. This is cool. Like, this is something what, this different. This is something completely of different. And then it turned into, okay, let's try out these Belgians. Let's try these sour things that were readily available because they were imported from this one importer that just imported everything. You would get these German-style whatever or German beers like, you know, Aventinitas or however you pronounce it. And this other ones that had the little decorative, like, bottles with the gold filament wrappers. And you'd get Chimay and all these other, like, Belgian beers that were available. And those things were were around and then the american thing happened so like all these imported things and these big brands then all these small guys started and that's where it was like hey mike try these other things out right and then at that time i was you know kind of um you know getting older and like had had a job and all this other stuff so we go to like bars and see things on tap that you couldn't find in bottles and mm-hmm. we'd see things um, at different stores all over the place and you know um, go to this go to the uh, New York or Brooklyn or whatever go hang out or go to Philly where beer was completely different than North Jersey mm-hmm. which was completely different than New York City New York is still catching up yeah I mean Philly is way killing it way more than New York even though we might have more breweries in New York right now than we did in Philly just because everyone's opening a brewery doesn't mean that Philly didn't doesn't have that beer history. Right. Um, and the beers that are regionally and culturally and different and they change. And there was the things like you you said Genesee. Okay, you go to you go to Rochester. It's all that you drink up there. You go to Pennsylvania. All you drink is lager, aka Yingling. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's, I mean, that was everywhere too. Right. But. You had those you know, regional breweries. You had these that regional was, large the, breweries. The, 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 um, the stock, yep. the, the, the base point, the yep. starting point. And then at some point, I don't remember what year, but Flying Fish showed up on my radar. Mm-hmm. And my friend's like, oh, my dad says, same guy who's the home brewer's dad or whatever. The home brewer's, the dad says, who's also an NJCB member, by the way. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to go into that in depth. <laughs> he... he, he uh, he uh, was like, you got to try Flying Fish Summer. Summer? Well, what do you mean summer? Okay. So we look this thing up. We find it. We buy 
a half barrel for a party one day at our house. And it was just like a bunch of my friends and I, right after college and during college, we all lived together for like, literally we lived together in college for four years in suites and apartments and everything. And then right after that, we had a place and we continued to go out and do the same thing, same group of friends for 15 some odd years. And this guy's like, try it. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Cezanne-y, kind of funky, kind of like farmhouse-y tinge of like sweetness, but like sour, but not sour tart. Only a little hint of that on the smell. And then you drink and you're like sessioning, refreshing, crisp, and they're like, oh, so, whoa. Right. So they still make it. They still make it. It's been 20 some odd years. This beer's still around. It's the same recipe. It's still pretty good. You know, it's refreshing. I don't remember the ABV on it, but it's... That was but like, it's something you could drink in the and, summer and yeah. have more than and three you, or four. And if they made it during the winter, I'd drink it during the winter, winter. <laughs> because it's just one of those kind of like beers. And that beer was that beer turned us, my friends and me specifically, turned into like, okay, I discovered a couple bars. I could discovered all these other things that were focused on more um, craft at the at that time. Everyone was still calling it microbreweries. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts out with that gateway. Yep. Everybody works their way through that. And then you, it's always the same story. It's, you know, you're going, you're looking for something new and you find something that maybe, all right, well, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then all of a sudden it just surprises the hell out of you. Yeah. And it's like opens up a whole new world. I mean, and it's like that for everything. It's not just beer. No. I mean, I just this past weekend, a friend of mine's like, I know you don't drink tequila, but try this. Like, okay. It's like, I'll take a small little sip and see if I can, if my stomach can handle it. Inst- it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Now all I want to do is drink tequila. <laughs> I mean, yep. it's there's a difference between something that you know, kind of mass produce. I'm not going to say the brand names, right. but, but they, the ones everybody knows. They make you sick smelling it. Right, right. And it reminds you of that one time your your best friend held your hair back. Not mine, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. And so now I try this thing. I was like, whoa. Yep. This is amazing. Yep. It's it's like that for food. It's and it's a it's a cool experience. It's yep. lovely. Well, and that's what that's the really cool thing about beer in general because I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, when you get out of the craft beer community, mm-hmm. people expect beer just to be beer. Yeah. And not have the subtle nuances. Not have yep. the the surprises, mm-hmm. you know, where it smells like one thing, initial taste is one way, yep. and then aftertaste can be a different way, mouthfeel yep. changes it, oh, yeah. and it's just how one beer can have multiple tastes throughout the throughout the experience. And to different people, they could see different things. Yep. We, did, we actually did this exact fun little conversational experiment. It was not a blind tasting, so to speak, but I had my son's pre-K graduation party, which was also known as the kids were all hanging out Mm -hmm. and the parents were all sipping on alcohol. Mm -hmm. So I brought over like 40 different beers for these people. Just like, you know, my wife's having these like newfangled seltzer drinks and there's like John Daly's flowing, you know, like an Arnold Palmer with vodka. Okay. Can't go wrong. Um, (laughs) And then there's all these other drinks happening and everyone's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I'm like, let's try them. So the one girl, I go, what do you think? And I know she likes beer. I know she's friends with a couple of the different... She knows somebody who works, who's friends with or works with one of the other Jersey breweries. And she's like, well, I never had that from them before. I was like, you're missing out. Try it. She goes, what do you think? She goes, oh my God, it's amazing. I'm like, yep, there you go. There you go. What's what's amazing about it? Well, I taste grapefruit. I taste this. I'm like, well, I taste orange. Like, 
okay. Right. You know, it's beautiful. It's just everyone is somebody likes super hot hot sauce. Somebody likes yep. so, like smoky hot sauce, you know, yep. and just depends on, yep. you know, that whole experience. And, ama- and what, what I found amazing was as you then, if you're eating with it, depending on what you're eating, brings out different flavors too. And it's just like wine tasting. It, oh, yeah. You know, have it, you know, pair this wine with this chocolate and it yep. makes a whole different thing. Yep. And beer does the, good beer can do the exact same thing. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a beer for everyone and there's different flavors in your palate and everyone's palate is different. And that's, and with a brewery like Cypress, for example, currently they have, they usually have about 10 beers on tap mm-hmm. when you come to the, the brewery. Um, they're just, this is their second anniversary and they just expanded. So they're going to have a lot more soon. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, 20 beers, I mean, you might come three weeks in a row and not even be able to like try the same thing twice. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? And, and it, you get to, I find for myself anyway, you do get to a point of, um, fatigue where oh, yeah. you, if you try three new things, four new things, that's enough yep. because the fifth and sixth, yeah. you're going to, you know, you're, yeah, your palate's, gonna your palate's like, a little numb yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. You're probably feeling a little bit of the effects. Yep. So going further, you know, take your time, take yeah. a break and come back and start it up again. Exactly. New Jersey craft beer. When did that happen for you? What was the thinking behind that? What made you start NJCB? Yeah, so this is an easy one. Um, my, I met this girl, decided to get married. And she wanted to move down. It's always a to, girl. Yeah, no, always. <laughs> she, wa- <laughs> she wanted to move back to like where she grew up. I said, all right, let's do it. What do I care? I have the same job I've had for, you know, uh, now 15 years. Moved to this place. I'm driving home every day for like three weeks, four weeks, driving home. Like, oh, I miss Coppermine, the bar I used to go to. I miss Cloverleaf. It was around the corner. I miss all these different bars that I would said. I don't even know what liquor store to go to in my neighborhood. I'm going to figure this out. So for six-ish weeks, I plotted out the whole idea of how I'm going to do it. Every day, I'm like two hours in the car. So I mapped it all out of my head. I got really, really drunk one night on my couch, Christmas Eve Eve. And I said to my wife, you're going to kill me tomorrow. Go to bed. I'll see you. She's like, all right. Christmas Eve, still on the couch like the next day. And I'm like... Like, I don't even know if I slept. Okay. I'm just queuing up articles, writing content. And it wasn't content. It, was, it wasn't reviews. It was content okay. about where to find things. Okay. So it was where to, where to so find good beer. it's always been a beer. geolocator okay. of sorts. Like, content-driven news on beer in New Jersey, heavily focused on Jersey beer, mm-hmm. but on beer in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So when I started seven years ago, there was not 70 breweries. There were 16 or 15. Mm-hmm. I think the new, the brewery I added to my list after I launched was NJ Beer Co. Okay. And only because I actually had their beers at my wedding because I knew them right when I was getting married. So I added them to the open list. All right, okay. Like and so as, they, in, they were like 2010, right? Yeah, Somewhere, 2010, yeah. yep. Yeah. It was uh, May 20. May 20th was their actual first launch of beer, May 20th, because my wedding was the same day. Okay. So, um, I think, one of those two days. Anyway, 20th, 22nd, it's all the same. About six months later, I finally launched the club when I was able to get approval from the state of New Jersey that it's okay to allow this membership to happen. Cause people oh, so didn't you had to go to the state for yeah, that? Yeah, they didn't believe, well, partners now, now partners, didn't believe me. Wholesalers didn't believe me. 
different customers are like, there's no way they're going to do this. I'm like, why wouldn't somebody offer a discount part, a discount on a pint of beer or right. whatever? So I got six months it took to get New Jersey to approve this, quote unquote. And so I have this letter from them saying, yeah, you can do it. Okay. And uh, now 2017, we have 650 partners and uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of content with like 8,000 articles on where to find beer in New Jersey. Right. So, I yeah. Mean, so for people who are listening who don't know, and I use it tons to find brew pubs, to find breweries and bars, restaurants, bars, liquor, restaurants stores, liquor stores, anything. And yeah, where they amazing. got good stuff. And, and it, it's amazing. We'll be out and we'll just you know, stop at a liquor store on the way. And oh, wait, there's the sign. It's a beautiful thing. It's like humbling and, and, and amazing to see. I'll get stopped on the street. I got stopped in the mall like in 2012. I was pushing my kid in the stroller. He was like eight months old. Some guy's like, are you Mike? I'm like, you want to kill me? He's like, no. Depends why you're asking. He's like, I see your hat. Are you Mike, Mike? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, cool. Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was just, you know, an NJCB member hanging out, right. running around, also probably pushing a kid in a stroller in the mall. But like, right. Waiting I for think, his wife yeah. or girlfriend uh-huh. in the store. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it, was, it was a good time and it was fun. And uh, I, I, I love it. We all like beer. We all fil- figure this out. We're using this thing that I built, which is like humbling because I was just a guy who built it for selfish reasons. Right, right. And then I'm, I, I just, I love it. And I think it's great to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm visiting friends in Cape May and I'm gonna pull up my app or to go to the website and pre-plan a trip. And I'm even working, and I work on events. So, like, you, know, you came to our, our event. We have those kind of events, like, where we just hang out and drink beers and try new things. Or we have events at uh, a bar where you, you pay as you go, and I'm just mm-hmm. hanging out, and, you know, other people are just hanging out. We're all just trying new beers, and the breweries are there. And You know, when I get the emails from you guys, mm-hmm. you know, with all the different places you're at and, yeah. all, and all the different local businesses yeah. that are a part of it. It's crazy. There's... I mean, we have places that in the club that have been with us for five to seven years, and they're like, "Wow, we, you know, I just, I, I just see hundreds and hundreds. Of, like Cloverleaf sees hundreds of people a week mm-hmm. coming in. I mean, there's places that people will build their entire vacation. <laughs> I'm like, you have two, you have one week, five days right. off a week where you're not working and you can go wherever you want, and you pick." This thing that I built to map out where you want to go, that's amazing. Yep. You need, you deserve a hug. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's awesome. Yep. You know? And beer is the end result. So who the so, hell so doesn't you, want that? You can't you know? go wrong. You can't go wrong. <laughs> so how many people? How many businesses are part There's of it? There's over six hundred and fifty. And how many members? There's over fifty five hundred wow. this year. Yeah. Okay, fifty five hundred yeah. this year. Yeah. And then for those of you who don't know, if you to be, and you become a member, and it was like twenty five yeah, bucks. Yeah. I think. So it's twenty five bucks bad. for the year, and you know. If you use it here, I mean, at Cypress, for example, you get growler fill discounts. So you go, okay. most yep. breweries, you get a growler fill discount, that kind of thing. You go to a bar, let's say you go to, like we already mentioned Cloverleaf, might as well. You get 10% off your bill. If you go to like um, the poorhouse in Westmont, down in South Jersey, right out of Philly, you get a dollar off each beer, you know, yep. that kind of thing. So it really just kind of depends on where you want to go. But if you go to the poorhouse and you buy five beers and for dinner, that's five dollars off. You do that five times in a year. You broke even. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I yeah. use it the liquor store by me, and I think I took me a month to yeah. make up my twenty five yeah. bucks with the ten percent discount. Yeah. Yep. 
It's a, it's a, it's cool, and you know, it's more than just the discount itself. It's really the exploration side, which is really what I find the most, the the best part. Like, uh-huh. because you might go to the liquor store and find out that you know they have this, and you might discover that the beer manager, or wine manager, might be a beer nerd, and you have this conversation. Oh, you want to do this, and then all the con- all of a sudden it becomes like you know he's your best friend, and now he's pulling off side, you know, giving you a. He's holding a six pack of something you really want, and like you want to try, and you'll discuss it and be like, "Hey, you know, I think that one was good. I tried it, but you know, I know you've been drinking a lot of Russian Imperial Stouts. You might want to give X, Y, and Z a shot instead." I heard, you know, I hear this beer is really good. Mm -hmm. So, the exploration, and we have the membership group, and we have the Facebook public page, and we have all this stuff, and then of course you can people just ask, you know, each other questions, and the community at large is, you know. It, 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 it works. I'm just going to keep adding on more events all over the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on an event in Cape May in, um, in October. So that will be our next big event, which we're hoping to get. We're going to have about 20 different Jersey beers on um, at a, a Saturday afternoon into the evening in Cape May. It's a nice little get out of, get out of your house and... Mm-hmm like travel and stay over the night because it's actually at a hotel bar okay um, nice. so cape may is beautiful yeah it's beautiful yeah. and yeah. like you know what no one's going to be there that weekend so it's going to be even better right um right. i mean no like i'm hoping to fill it up i'm feeling hoping to fill the whole brewery up with beer people nice i mean the whole the whole hotel, hotel with yep. beer people yep. um so we're working on that and then november is actually like coming up quicker than i thought and that's my big season for getting everyone's 2018 memberships wow i just said 2018 yep. 2018 <laughs> memberships ready i just want to be able to tell people to drink more beer here in new jersey and that's cool. kind of the important part thanks mike go to newjerseycraftbeer.com to find their listing of new jersey breweries info on their events and join the membership club to save on beer throughout the garden state thanks for joining me this week you can find out more about the podcast at our blog at overbeers.beer Please leave a rating for the podcast or send me an email at cheers at I'm Freddie Clark, and this has been Over Beers.